Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Marin, and I'm the host of the podcast. I've had well over 40 different combat sports athletes join me on Forge in Ohio so far, and I'm thrilled to be joined by just the second female mixed martial artist on the show today. She's coming off an impressive decision win on August 26th at Renegade Rumble 6 to improve her professional record to 2-3. and three. If you're familiar with the Ohio MMA scene at all, then you'll likely recognize her. It's Chelsea Tiny Tank Connor. Thanks for coming on the show, Chelsea, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on the show. Let's start with that win that I just mentioned at Renegade Rumble 6. How did it feel to pick up the win, which was your first in MMA since 2017, I believe? Yes. Yeah, it was much needed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it felt awesome. It's been a long time since I've gotten to fight here back in Ohio. So that was another really cool just experience getting to fight in front of, in front of my hometown and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about competing in Ohio again, knowing that it has been so long. Why were all of your other pro fights actually out of state and not in Ohio? So um, from what I was told, there was just no one that would come here to Ohio to fight me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know really the truth behind that because I didn't have any issues finding fights out, out of state. So it was just one of those things. I had fought everyone here that was local here in Ohio and then... No one was willing to come here to Ohio to fight me. So that happened late in my amateur career, which it kind of helped me just make that transition to pro because I was already used to traveling and everything. As upset as I was because I wanted to fight here in Ohio, it helped me in the long run of just getting used to, hey, you got to travel to go fight people and the day before weigh-ins and things like that. They it was nice having that. <laughs> yeah. And with the fight in Ohio, were there a lot of loved ones in the crowd that night, I'm sure? Yes. Yeah. Big time. And my crowd, my fans do pretty well traveling. I mean, when I fought out in California, I still had, I think, close to like 30 people that traveled out to California to watch me fight. So they they travel, but it was there was a lot more there Saturday night than than the norm. With this fight, there's a big difference between being two and three in MMA and being one and four. Was there a lot of pressure for you <laughs> heading into this one? As crazy as it sounds, yeah. Like, we knew when we accepted this fight that it was no disrespect to my opponent, but one of my easier fights, uh, skill level-wise, we just knew I had her, you know, everyone talks about levels, and I was just very much on a different level. So um, we knew it was a very winnable fight, uh, which then adds more pressure to you because you're like, well, you're supposed to go in and put on this dominant performance and things like that. And then there was some stuff that happened with the weight. She didn't make weight. She called for a catch weight the Thursday before the fight. So the fight got moved up and then she didn't end up making the catch weight. So it actually got moved up to bantamweight. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I fought, yeah, much larger than uh, what I was anticipating. I was nursing. I had got a few injuries because when you go back-to-back -back fight camps like that, that's, you know, typically what happens. So the pressure going into that fight, knowing that I wasn't 100 not even close to 100%, and I was, I could have taken her down at will, which I did, and beat her on the ground. I couldn't fight on the ground Saturday night, because I have some funny stuff going on in my elbow right now. I had stretched wrong in gi practice and just pulled a rib the week of the fight <laughs> so I was just really beat up going into that fight and I knew going to the ground she's a purple belt on the ground I knew we didn't want to go there you know that was really her only chance at catching me so I had to stand with her which she was a bigger bigger girl um not as big as Eleni Pereira but yeah. still she was still big and uh it made it more difficult to get that highlight real finish that I was wanting so it ended up going to the judges, which was okay. I mean, it was a very dominant performance, but I was wanting that knockout, you know, or submission. I would have loved to submit her. I just couldn't go to the ground because, like I said, my, my stuff was too messed up for it. <laughs> With her issues making weight, was there ever a concern during fight week, especially that this fight might not actually happen? 
big time. I was so concerned. Um, if you look at the girl's track record, I don't know what exactly. I don't know a whole lot about her, but you can see that she's had a lot of canceled bouts. And talking with the promoter, it kind of sounded like that's what her and her team were trying to do. The week of the fight was pull out of the fight, and they made sure it happened. So mad, mad shout out to Matt Comer for getting that fight to to actually happen because I don't think it was going to had it not been for him. <laughs> and that's a one-time thing, right? Fighting at that high of a weight class, you don't ever want to do that again? Yeah, I'm not. I'm going back to 115. We are done fighting these big girls because, uh, yeah, I'm just not built to fight them. <laughs> I can hold my own, but, man, I can – at 115, I that's my division. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So when you look at your performance at Renegade Rumble 6, how would you overall just grade your performance, especially with all the things that you were going through and then her weight miss? What do you think of uh, how you did out there? I, I mean, I got fight of the night, which is usually what I'm known for. So uh, I did what I was supposed to do. Um, I'm very critical of myself. It was an excellent fight, but I still, like I said earlier, I wanted the finish. And knowing that I could, she was a very finishable opponent and I didn't get that, it's kind of one of those things that it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but I know there was a reason because I was just beat up and I couldn't going into that fight. And then her not making the weight, you know, kind of made, made it to where it was, I had a feeling going into it, it was going to end up being a decision fight. But um, had I been able to go to the ground with her, I think it would have been much different. What was it like competing for Renegade Rumble and fighting alongside Dylan Budka, who I think you're pretty close with? <laughs> yeah man he is like he's the coolest i i'm like trying to absorb everything i can from him his energy everything that he does he's just a really cool dude it was it was cool him and i fought on the last lfa show together too Mm -hmm. so um we fought both of our last two fights we fought together We've been training together quite a bit. So um, that relationship with Dylan is uh, getting pretty strong. He's, like I said, his energy is just really cool. To We're back in the locker room warming up together. It was it was a really neat experience. So, um, yeah, he, uh, he actually just got his call for the Contender yeah. Series um, today. So, yeah, I'm super, super excited for him. I think he goes next Tuesday for that. So I'm like... Good thing he's 23 and super young and he, his body's just like ready for this because I, I could not be going and fighting again on, on Tuesday right now. <laughs> My body needs some time to recover. <laughs> right. I was going to I was planning on asking you about Dylan Budka and then three or so hours before we were going to talk, he ends up signing to Contender Series and hopefully yeah. <laughs> ends up getting that UFC contract next Tuesday. Yeah. And I experienced his energy, too, when I had him on Forge in Ohio. He is a ball of energy, that's for sure. But Talk to me about like experiencing the highs and lows with them too, because you both competed for LFA, both picked up losses that night, and then Renegade Rumble Six. I'm sure the night couldn't have gone better because you both pick up wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the LFA fight that was my heart hurt so much for him. More so, like going into my fight and losing my fight to Elaney, it it didn't crush me. I was. As crazy as it sounds, I don't like losing at all. I was okay losing to Eleni Pereira. You know, coming off of a five-year layoff, no one's going to sign up to fight her on a five-year layoff. <laughs> and if they do, they're probably a little mental like I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, that, you know, when I dropped that to her, I it was what it was. I was still just thankful and grateful for the opportunity. LFA put on an incredible show. I was just happy to be a part of it. And then seeing Dylan lose his, it hurt my heart so bad for him because his loss was very similar to my loss back in 2018 when I fought Cynthia Arceo for uh, the King of the Cage world title. And it was a very, very close fight, much like his. If you scored it as, for me, she, uh, when I lost the fight to Cynthia, it was more of like a popularity contest. I feel like I lost and not so much the fight because I fought her. She tried to kind of like karate point spar me and everything. And multiple times I almost finished her. She never almost finished me. So 
you know, the judges just score things differently. And I felt like that's kind of what happened to Dylan. You know, it was such a close fight and he lost it. And my heart just hurt for him because I knew what I had experienced. But he he dealt with it awesome. He came right back from it. You know, like it didn't. I'm sure it bothered him, but I think it bothered me more than it bothered him. (laughs) So and then, you know, Saturday night, we got both of our wins. We've like I said, we've trained a lot for that uh, last fight camp. We were training quite a bit together and just building that relationship with him has been super awesome. So seeing him freaking go out there first round finish on Saturday night was just it was really cool to watch. (laughs) Are you like that with other fighters too, or other teammates where when they lose, it almost hurts you more than when you go out there and you suffer a loss? Yeah, big time. Yeah, that is, uh, I don't know if it's like, I think most fighters are that way, you know, when you just build that relationship and bond with people, you know, like you going in and losing is one thing, but you watching someone that you like genuinely love and care about in there and you can't do anything for them. And then you question like, man, what could have I, I have done differently to get them ready for the fight or, you know, like Mm. it, it almost becomes back on you when you're watching it. Like, man, what could have I done to help? So yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a thing. (laughs) Once again, this is Chelsea Tiny Tank Connor with us on Forged in Ohio. You're the second female to come on Forged in Ohio, but you're actually the first mother. What was it like having to balance your fighting career with wanting to start a family? And what was that process like of getting back into the cage after, you know, what I'm sure was probably a difficult process too? Yeah, so I had my first kid when I was 20. So I I started MMA when I was 18, had two fights, then took time off, uh, had a kid, the transition from my first kid to getting back into the cage really wasn't, it wasn't hard. I was still pretty young. This transition with my second kid to getting back to the cage, that was a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> that that took some time. Um, my body just readjusting to, okay, no more being mom, you're back to athlete. It bounced back okay, but not as quickly as I would have liked for it to. So it's the juggling aspect of being a mom and a professional fighter is a lot to deal with. Thankfully, I have a super good support system. I My mom helps with my kids. My husband's very active with them. So we're, we're able to juggle it pretty well, but it definitely can be, can, can be a lot to take on at times. (laughs) Yeah, I could only imagine many of the male fighters who I've talked to who have kids draw extra motivation from being a father. Could the same be said about your career with being a mother? Yes, 100%. My daughter, honestly, she's a lot of the reason why I got back into MMA. um, Just because at the time I was watching Ronda Rousey do her thing. And I'm like, man, I want I knew like as a kid growing up, I really idolized my uncle. He did karate and I wanted to do some sort of martial art. My parents wouldn't let me as kids. So when I became an adult, I was like, I am doing this. Like you guys aren't stopping me anymore. Um, So uh, I totally just spaced on where I was going at with that. Um, Oh, just the motivation of having a kid Mm -hmm. and how all that translated. Once I had my daughter... I wanted her to see, you know, just how achievable, if you have a dream, you can achieve it. You know, it it does take hard work, you know, but you can still do it. So I definitely, with my daughter, pull a lot of strength from her. She walks me to the cage. My son does too. Each fight, you know, they come to the cage with me. As soon as I kiss them, it's like a, like a, almost like a possession thing comes over me and I'm like, hey, no one's touching me. Like, it doesn't matter what happens in there. I'm going to go in and perform. So, yeah, I gain with the kids. I definitely have a lot of extra motivation that they they give me for sure. <laughs> yeah, I watched your LFA fight on YouTube and it was a watch party and you could hear the Let's Go Mom chants too. What's it like <laughs> hearing that and just really having their support for these fights? <laughs> it's really cool. I love that's my most favorite thing is when I'm in there and I hear my kids yelling for me. I'm like it it definitely changes the mindset of wow, I can't get beat up in front of my kid. 
you know, like what, what does that say about me? Like no matter what position I'm in, it really just elevates me to push through whatever, whatever's going on in there. I'm like, Hey, my, my littles are hollering for me. I got to (laughs) go. If they wanted to follow in your footsteps and become professional fighters one day, would you let them or would you help them in that journey or convince them to try something else in life? (laughs) I would 100% support them in anything they want to do. My, my daughter really has no interest. I keep on telling her she has to do a little bit just for self-defense. She's, she has zero interest. My son is like, and I mean, he's getting ready to turn four. So who knows what he's going to grow up to be, but he is like obsessed with everything superhero, everything fighting. So I think with him, uh, which I'm glad that it's more my son than my daughter, you know, cause mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see when it becomes that time to, if my daughter did want to do it. Um, I think I could control my emotions just because I know as an athlete, um, as long as they put in the work to go in and do what they're wanting to do, then it's fine. Whatever happens in there happens, you know, but if they didn't prepare correctly, that's different. And I understand the nerves and stuff coming. Oh my goodness. What if they get hurt? But I know what I put into this. And if they're putting that into it, then cool, go in there, do your thing. So, um, yeah, I don't know how, how everything will work out with, with my kids, if they would want to eventually compete, but if they do, I would 100% support them. Competing in women's MMA, I'm sure you've experienced this throughout your career, but is it difficult to find other women to train with? It really is. Yeah. And for a long time, I honestly preferred to train more with the guys than the girls, um, just because there's a lot of stuff that comes with training with girls. And I'd rather just get in, get beat up. You know, that's what practice is there for. That's where we take our losses and practice. And with girls, sometimes, you know, girls don't always like to lose, you know, and, and things become a little catty at times. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've never been a real big fan of training with girls. I have a few that have been really awesome. Um, and I do enjoy them, but I, I try to kind of keep that circle small, the older that I'm getting, I will say I'm trying to find more girls to train with (laughs) because my body just training with the guys all the time. It doesn't hold up the way that it used to. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had Jade Sheely on episode 33 of Forge in Ohio, who you fought as an amateur, and I believe you won. Uh, and, yep. and she had the same thing, and she trains with men too. Mm-hmm. But it almost sounds like you guys almost have this, I don't know, like group following like the women in amateur Ohio MMA, and they kind of just want to be together and not really fight each other, but almost stand as one cohesive group in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. Yeah, Jade's one of them that that I, her and I train quite a bit together. Yeah. So it, it is, it's interesting, the dynamic of Ohio female MMA and how it it seems like everyone's wanting to come together and work together. So I'm excited to see what the future looks like for that. What do you think of the current state of women's MMA locally and on the amateur and slight pro level like you're on right now? I've Struggle to scout talent for this show, but I feel like we're starting to get some female athletes really to break through. Yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting because as like, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of amateurs here in Ohio, um, but Ohio is it's I feel like it's just a tough state, especially for females to come up in. It's a very like wrestling dominant state. So a lot of girls aren't willing to get into the wrestling room and just put themselves out there because it's uncomfortable and you usually get the crap beat out of you going in there. (laughs) Um, So I think that might be a little bit of the reason why we don't see more uh, females in MMA right now. But I know uh, I coach female wrestling and I know there's a big just being at all the events this past winter there's a lot of upcoming girls that once they're done with college, I think you're going to see a really big flux in women's MMA here in Ohio. And it's going to be very wrestler heavy, <laughs> but I think it is definitely going to be growing. It's, it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. So who are some of those female fighters and wrestlers that are coming up right now that fans should really be paying attention to? <laughs> 
Um, okay, so we have uh, Olivia Shore. She was like the OG original. Um, she's out in Illinois right now. She's finishing. I don't know how many more years of college she has, but I don't know that she'll transition to MMA. She should do some pretty big stuff in the in the wrestling. But if she wanted to transition to MMA, she totally could. I think uh, Autumn Gordon was one that, and these are kind of older ones right now that I'm talking about. The younger ones, man, there's there's a ton of the younger ones, but they still got a few years before they decide whether they're going to go to college to wrestle, you know, then they got to do that. I don't know whether they'll just transition right into MMA or not. Josie Davis is one. She just graduated. Uh, she, she could be a hammer. She wanted to be. Then you have uh, Kira Cole, who she's still, she wrestles for Miami. So that's the school that I coach at. Uh, she is a junior, I believe, this year. So she still has some time. Um, but she could be, I don't know that she cares to go punch people in the face, but she should. She's mean. She's aggressive. She could be great. <laughs> but there's, man, there's a, there's a list of them. And I can't, I should have wrote them down. Um, <laughs> oh, you're fine. What about uh, Emily Adkins, too? I know kind of your protege, right? <laughs> yes, yes, Emily. She's my girl. Um, yeah, she uh, she's awesome, man. She's going to do really great things. She kind of had some back-to-back fights that I did not want her taking. I didn't think she was quite ready to step up to that. She did great in them. Uh, her first fight, she finished the girl in the first round, TKO. Again, we kind of knew going into that fight, that that fight was going to be very lopsided. But then just having the, she kind of got put in the same boat that I just was in where it was one fight. And then almost not even a month later, she was fighting again and did two back-to-back pretty hard weight cuts. You know, she, her second fight was day of weigh-ins because it was here in Ohio. So she had to cut that weight. And then, you know, that if you don't have the day to, when you're cutting like real weight, and you don't have a day to recover, uh, it hinders your performance pretty bad. So when she fought her last MMA fight against Faith, that was not her full potential. I am so ready for that one to be ran back. Um, and she, uh, Emily's definitely, definitely a sleeper. She's a quiet, quiet girl. She works hard. She's a lot like myself. I, I would not call her my protege if I didn't believe in what she's actually doing and she kind of just mimics everything that I do and uh she's gonna be a real big problem for I know there's some girls like wanting to call people out and she's probably not the one they want to call out but it's cool go ahead (laughs) yeah I'm looking forward to her third fight how much do you enjoy you know take pride in the the coaching aspect of mixed martial arts that has been a tough one for me um because I really didn't want to do it. (laughs) If I'm being honest, I'm like, I just want to focus on me. So um, stepping into that role of like being more coaching and things like that, and running the gym, it's a it's a hard separation to be able to like, hey, these are my teammates. And I train with them, but I'm also their coach too. So it it's a weird dynamic that I'm honestly, I'm still trying to learn how to juggle and figure out in my head, like what is what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, you know? Cause like, are you training partner right now? And I can punch you or am I coach right now? And I need to talk to you, you know, and be like, Hey, let's do that. Let's breathe for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And I think that makes perfect sense when it comes to watching them fight though. How stressful is it seeing people you've trained or coached compete compared to when it's you going out there and fighting yourself? It's literally the worst. Like <laughs> I get very attached to, to my teammates, to my people that I'm coaching. I, I genuinely love them. So it's, it's tough to just sit back and be like, Hey, you know, we've, we've done what we can do. Now it's your turn to, to go in there and do what you do. And so, yeah, that that's tough. I don't like that part. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure talking to Chelsea, tiny tank Connor on forged in Ohio, rather than getting into your entire backstory, because I know you've told it countless times, I'm sure. And (laughs) talking about how your uncle was into karate and you started an MMA at 18, But I listened to one of your other interviews and what you don't hear often are fighters that like to get punched almost as much as they like (laughs) delivering punches. 
Why do you enjoy taking strikes the way you do? <laughs> I think it's just a mental thing because I know when I get punched and I smile at you, like mentally you're thinking like, I just hit her like as hard as I can. And she's literally laughing at me. Like what is going on here? So I, for me, it's more of a mental thing that I, it's, uh, you know, like it's messing with them more than it is me. You know, like I, I don't mind. I just don't mind getting punched. I just, and, and what's crazy is this past to go back to this weekend, like my face, there is not a mark on my face, which has never happened in any of my fights because I do encourage them to like punch me. And I didn't let this girl punch me really at all. Like there was a few times that I would get in and she was hitting me and I was like, okay, we're going to back off that. But usually my face is so beat up and like tore up. So that goes back to my boxing that I've been doing and really working a lot on my defense. So as much as I don't mind getting punched, we're trying to get away from getting punched as much just so I can do this longer yeah. and my face doesn't get as beat up as what it usually does. <laughs> well, yeah, after the win, I know you have some things going on in your arm. The least you could do was have your face be okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so with your story, though, I know you start at, started in MMA at 18 years old and nobody really wanted you to do it in your family. Did they eventually come around after they saw the success you were getting, in, especially at the amateur level? Yeah, they definitely did. My dad has always supported it. He's been like 100% on board since I started. So that was cool. But yeah, the rest of my family was like, that's, that's nuts. Like, pick something else to do. You can't be doing that. Um, but I think with one watching just my passion for it, they understand I love it. You know, um, they, they support me now more than what they did. And Plus, I just think the evolution of watching it grow on mainstream TV and things like that. Now it's a little cooler. Like, oh, man, you know, my niece or, you know, whoever, whatever relation they are to me, they're like, wow, that is kind of cool that she does that. So, yeah. <laughs> How long did it take for you to develop that passion and fall in love with the sport and ignite that fire that I know all combat sports athletes have? I'd say it was pretty instant. I mean, as soon as I went into the gym and just started training, like I said, punching people was cool. But after I got punched and I realized like, wow, I, I liked that more than I should have. Um, then I was like, man, like it's over with, like, let's just, let's just run it. So yeah, <laughs> it happened pretty quickly. Yeah. Where did the tiny tank nickname come from? Um, a fan hit me up and was like, Hey, the, the king of the cage commentators were trying to call me the tiny tornado. And I was like, man, I don't want to jock someone else's nickname because Tish Torres is known for as the tiny tornado. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be, you know, someone else's nickname, like give me my own. And a fan uh, messaged me and was like, man, you're a tank. You're tiny. Like your nickname should be the tiny tank. And I was like, you know what? I like that. So yeah, we've just kind of, it's kind of stuck and we've ran with it. <laughs> yeah. It's stuck ever since. And I, think it's pretty fitting too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you had a, a pretty incredible amateur career that spanned eight years. You finished with a seven and one record and won a few titles as well. What do you think of when you look back to your days as an amateur and what was likely a completely different Chelsea than the one I'm talking to today? Oh man, it's, it's kind of surreal. Like it almost seems like it didn't even happen. A lot of the time, like I get asked all the time, like, how many fights have you had? And I really got to think about it because I've have just kind of like blocked a lot of it out. You know, there was a lot of stuff with MMA in general. I, I tell everyone all the time, I just need a documentary done on me um, because there's just been so much behind the scenes stuff that I've kept quiet. I've not talked about. And it was it was very um, just trying and like I've, I've mentioned time and time again, I'm just a very genuine person. I love it. And that's why I do it. I'm not out here trying to get famous or anything like that. If that comes with it, cool. You know, but I'm just a normal everyday person. You know, I'm a mom of two. I love being a mom, you know, and I just so happen to really like fighting and I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> so it's been something over the years with, you know, my amateur career, everything. 
um, there's been times where I'm just like, is, is this really worth it? Is this what I want to do? And every time I try and step away from this sport, it comes back to me and I cannot get away from the sport. So it's just, we're, we're here. We're gonna, you know, ride and die with it at this point. <laughs> yeah. So you came back to MMA this year and are one and one in two fights. What brought you back into this next phase, if you will, of your professional career? So I, uh, I had my son, my husband was coaching football and, um, he's my husband, he's also my head coach. So he has this like special superpower of coaching and I'm watching him coach all these boys in football. And I'm like, man, I think I could do some of that. So I got out there. I started doing like all the drills with the, with the guys and stuff and started kind of learning some football. And we ser- we were seriously thinking about me uh, going and playing some, prof- like they have the female leagues for football now. We were looking into doing that. And because I, my body did adjust well to getting back into shape and things, but I still had a little extra weight on me. So I was like, man, I can't fight at this weight. And we kept on with the coaching. Um, we just had a little home gym at the time and we had people coming out training with us. We're like, okay, maybe we need to get the gym back open. Then we had an offer for me to make my pro debut kickboxing. I did that at 150 pounds. And when I got in there for that, I was like, I didn't understand the rules. (laughs) Um, so I just, it was kind of just like a hard sparring session for me. I dropped the girl twice. I didn't realize if I dropped her one more time, it would have been over. Um, so that would have been nice to know going into it. <laughs> but yeah, I won that a pretty uh, solid unanimous decision. And that was kind of where I was like, okay, if I can do that, you know, it's just a weight thing. Like I just got to get my weight down and I can fight again because I'm not, for me, I don't love competing in the solo sports like whether it's kickboxing boxing jujitsu I like to be able to blend it all together that's where I'm best at is blending it all together I always get the question of like what's your um you know main thing that you do in the cage and it's it really it's whatever they're weakest at you know I am well-rounded everywhere and I study my opponent I know what their strengths are and I just make them fight me wherever they're their weakest at so it's uh that was kind of the turnaround of you know once once I took that kickboxing match just where we were like okay we need to get just get the weight off get back to fighting and then we got the opportunity to fight Elaney which we were that was I was supposed to fight at a local our our local show um and make my day, you know, come back then. And I was going to take it at 125 pounds just to see how my body reacted to like a little weight cut. And then we got the call to go fight for LFA and it was Eleni Pereira. So I was like, yeah, let's just go ahead and, and do it. It was a long shot. I was pretty confident that I was going to get her down and like smash her on the ground. <laughs> and then it did not go that way. Her her team and her prepared very well for me. And um yeah, they they kept me away with that jab and holy smokes, she hit hard. Very, very hard. <laughs> what was it like fighting on that stage and against a girl as game as Elaney was, who's actually Alex Padeta's sister too? <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a cool experience. I was I was just excited to be there, you know, it, and, uh, LFA, they put together an excellent promotion. Everything about it was, was awesome. I have no, no complaints. I'm not upset, you know, that I, that I took the fight or anything like that. Um, Elaney's actually getting ready to fight. I think September 22nd for him again, I'm excited for whoever, (laughs) whoever gets in there with her, um, good luck to them because they need it. (laughs) She's a monster. (laughs) That LFA fight was just one big stage that you've competed on in your career. Do you have a favorite moment or fight in your career so far? Um, I, I don't know that it's my favorite. My most memorable one is the, the title fight, uh, that I fought out in California. 
I can't say that's my favorite fight because I lost that fight. <laughs> um, my favorite fight, uh, I would say, I honestly would say my my first amateur fight out of state when I went up to Michigan, I fought Tabitha Shanks. She was a super cool chick. Her and I kind of afterwards, we we started talking and stuff. So she she was really fun to fight. I actually fought that fight with a torn bicep and labrum. So it was uh, it was kind of cool. Just not that it was cool that that was torn, but it was it was a cool fight that I still got the finish um, in that fight. And it just elevated my mindset by like a million of like, wow, you were able to accomplish that with the torn bicep and labrum. You're, you know, at that point that was kind of that like pivotal point in my career where I was like, you, you definitely have something special. And I started believing it more so than what I did before that fight. How do you manage competing when you have all these other health problems going on? I know the fight (laughs) you just mentioned, but even just this past weekend, when you won things going on in your arm, how do you overcome those injuries and get in there and compete at your best? (laughs) Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know because it shouldn't happen. I, a, a lot of the times I, I tell people, you know, I'm just a normal average everyday person, but it, that really isn't the case. Like there is something special about me, about most fighters that get in there. You know, um, you, you see it all the time. You hear about it all the time of man, I'm, I'm messed up. You know, I have something, but when you get that call, you got to go. Like it, it just is, it is what it is. You, you have to, you have to take it. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but it, whether it's just adrenaline or the love for it, you know, I think a lot of it, you put so much time and effort into hours of training and for what, you know, for you to pull out of a fight because you have a tweaked elbow or something like, well, if you're, you are a, a well-rounded mixed martial artist. You should be able to fight any, you know, anywhere in the fight. You know, you should be fine to be able to take it, you know, other than, you know, obviously if you have a major, major problem, you know, you can't, you, you're going to have to back out of the fight. <laughs> um, but if it's just something that you can get through um, before, you know, or and get it taken care of after the fight, then... You know, it is, it is what it is. You just go in there, you know, and bandage it up the week before and hope that it's good for when you get in there. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true that no fighter walks to the cage at 100% on fight night. Have you <laughs> ever actually had to pull out of a fight in your career? Um, No, I don't think I've ever. I've had quite a few people pull out of my fights with me, but I've never pulled out of a fight. That's just not something. If I was going to pull out of a fight, I would have pulled out of the one that I just fought. <laughs> I've been dealing with, uh, I I'm, have some sort of nasal congestion or something that I've been trying to fight. Everyone around me has been sick. So I knew I was coming down with, with the sickness. And then, like I said, the elbow, the rib, I could have easily backed out of this fight. And I knew the girl was trying to back out herself. You know, it would have been easy easy thing for me to go ahead and say, okay, we'll just not do the fight, but it's just not who I am. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you know, the outcome's going to be the outcome. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned your husband and your gym just a little bit ago and the two fights in 2023 are also the first two fights in your career that you were known as Chelsea Connor with your husband and head coach, Johnny. Does that carry a special meaning for you too on this next phase that you're on right now? Yeah, it definitely does. Big time. So he actually never cornered me up until these past two fights. He cornered me the first time for my professional kickboxing debut. He cornered me for that. And then these last two fights, he's been in my corner, which has definitely been a very big transition because typically he is not in my corner. So that's been really, really awesome. Like getting him to where he's there for me on fight day and things like that it it is a very big very big transition but it's a it's one that was much needed as well 
do you guys think you manage the head coach and relationship side of things well? Because I know at the highest level when female fighters have a husband or significant person as their head coach, sometimes it can be, I don't know, a little, a little <laughs> uncomfortable to watch. I'll leave it at that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think for him and I, uh, we do manage it pretty well. You kind of have to know us a little bit because some people – like when they first meet us and they hear how we talk to each other, they're like, what, like, what is he, is, is that okay for him to be saying that to her? And then they realize like, oh, okay, he's also her coach. And that's just how they, they do their thing. So it's cool. Cause before him and I became husband and wife or even coaching, when I met him as a coach, uh, we just became best friends, you know? So like, our relationship is very like we're each other's best friend. So it kind of, if we didn't have that, I don't think this would be a healthy thing at all. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, we would not be good. <laughs> but uh, the fact that we know like it's all out of love that we're doing all this and it's just to see the other person, you know, I want to see him do the best he can in life and he wants to see the best for me too. So uh, it works. It works very well. But I think without the friendship that we had before the relationship, I don't think it would it would have worked out. And with the gym, I believe you're repping the Fightopia merch right now with Fightopia and now Smileback Training Center. How did all that come to be? <laughs> um, so we we had Fightopia. Uh, I think they opened that up. That was before my time when they opened Fightopia. I want to say that was back in like 2006 2008 time frame when they did that they were just focused solely on building MMA fighters so when I finally came to the gym which would have been 2014 I believe is when I started training with Fightopia it was still they were just focusing on MMA fighters and anyone that knows about MMA fighters knows that a lot of them don't have if if they're trying to make it in this sport like they're struggling to pay their bills. You know, they don't have the money. So we were doing a lot of favors for people and letting people train for free. We were paying the the bills at our gym and it was just not something that uh, was a good business motto. <laughs> so we ended up after um, my fight out in California, we had had uh, a few other fights after that. Uh, not that I competed on, but a few of my teammates did. And one of them took a pretty uh, bad injury and it was off of literally just him not listening. And it was pretty, it was honestly scary, like sitting in the corner watching the fight go down and know like he just blatantly wasn't listening. And it ended up being a spiral fracture in his arm. And then it all got turned around basically like my husband and I were the bad guys in it. And it's like, you just didn't listen. With, without going any further into that story, it was just time to step away from MMA. There was just a lot of not stuff that we wanted to be associated with going on. So we stepped away. We had another kid. And then, like I said, the whole football stuff started happening. We, we got more and more people wanting to train with us. So we knew if we were going to open the gym back up that we had to do it in a different way than what we had in the past. Kind of took on that that role and um made sure you know everything was good business wise with it and uh once once everything we had solid there it worked out great and now we have a gym that people actually play gym dues at <laughs> people are respectful and you know um it it works out well so yeah that's kind of how how that all came about <laughs> with with the gym what does the day-to-day -day look like right now so right now we have uh typically I'm training in the mornings so we kind of have like a closed kind of private session in the mornings for me to train and then we go uh kind of the afternoon there's not a whole lot that's going on at the gym if there's like time for like private lessons things like that most of our classes are in the evening, um, so we just start uh, usually about 5 o'clock, 
and then we just have classes until about 9.30. So, yeah, and, and now we have, like, our women's only cardio kickboxing classes, um, fundamental classes where you're learning the basic fundamentals of boxing, um, your basic fundamentals of jujitsu. Uh, we now offer gi jujitsu. So there's been a lot of just growth on that end of bringing in the right coaches and things like that. Yeah. Helps us be able to juggle more. <laughs> With where you are right now in MMA and everything like that, would you say that you're the happiest in your career right now in 2023? Yeah, 100%. Yes. Yeah. It is the feeling that I have now towards MMA is much, much different than what I did. Like I said earlier, I've, I've been through some stuff with, with MMA, with life in general, but you know, in the MMA world, it's not been easy. You know, I'm a very, I pride myself on being a role model and I'm not, I know I'm a female in this sport, but I'm not out there trying to take half naked pictures or anything like that to, to get myself to the top. Like, I will, I'll put on a fight of the night every night, you know, type, type performance um, for everyone to come watch. People will pay to watch me fight because that's what I'm really good at. Not because I'm taking half naked pictures or anything like that. So that was something tough, like coming up in my amateur career. Cause I was just, everyone was like pushing me towards that. And I am not that person. You know, I have a daughter who's who's watching me do this stuff. And I just am not going to, it, it's tempting. Like it's easy. It would be easy for me to do that. Um, and I definitely could do it, but I, it's just not who I am as a person. And it's not what I want my daughter looking up to. So at the end of the day, I don't do that stuff. I've had plenty of opportunity to do it, but um, I would rather be known as like, Hey, she's, She's the great because she can actually fight, you know, not because of anything else. Like she's actually a great fighter. And that's why people want to pay to watch her and know who she is. Just a few more for you. I promise being so involved in the gym and I'm sure living a busy lifestyle. How much longer do you imagine yourself competing? Oh, we've <laughs> after the Laney fight, I was like, I will compete until I'm 60 wheel me out and in my wheelchair and let me push me into the cage. <laughs> um, I, I had so much fun fighting Eleni. And like I said, the promotion was just did amazing things. So if I, I think um, it really depends on what promotion I'm fighting for on how long I want to fight for. Um, it's not something fighting. Isn't something I have to do. It's something I love. And I, I really do want, want to, um, so I think when I go back to 115, uh, I'm going to be talking a lot different and it's going to be something that I got quite a few more years, um, in me left as long, like I said, the biggest thing is just getting the weight down. Um, as long as all that goes well, then yeah, at 115, I think, you know, I, I got, I got some time left, left on my shelf life. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And I really don't want to make it sound like you're retiring anytime soon because you could very well go on to win a bunch of fights in a row, sign to a big promotion and really make a name for yourself nationally. But is there anything you want to do or accomplish in MMA before you call it quits? Man, uh, honestly, that's not even something that I've really thought about. I, which is crazy to say, <laughs> um, because obviously, you know, people are thinking, you know, they want to be the new, the next UFC champ or something like that. I think getting to fight for the UFC would be cool and it would be helpful for my gym, you know, as a marketing tool. Uh, it would be nice to have that, that tag to my name. So if, if anything, I guess right now what I'm trying to achieve is just have having accolades to be able to say like, Hey, come, you know, come to my gym, you know, and train with me because I have this, you know, this on my resume. But as far as personally, I've done what I wanted to do. You know, I got to fight for the world title. I know deep down I won that fight. I might not have the belt to, to prove it, but I do 100% feel like I won that fight. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think there there's really not a whole lot that I'm I'm looking. I just love to fight, you know, and as long as people are lining up to still fight me, then, you know, I'll keep doing it. But 
yeah, there's not there's not like a big hope dream or anything like that of of what I want to do with it. <laughs> All right, last one for you. Coming off the win on the 26th and dealing with that elbow issue as well, when would you like to compete next? Um, so they're talking about like November, December time frame uh, to let this thing heal up. And because right now I just took this week off. I didn't really train really at all. So I'll probably get back to training next week and just being real careful with uh, what I'm doing training wise and then staying in good shape. We're going to work on getting getting my diet right and everything, getting my weight down. And then I would say November, December time frame, I'm, I'm looking to, to mix some stuff back up. Yeah, well, I think I'm one of many that are looking forward to your third fight in 2023, potentially in November, December. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out or plug on the podcast? The floor is yours. Um, follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Chelsea Connor MMA. Um, shout out to Endless Ink Tattooing, Short Thing Chiropractic, and Short Thing Wrestling. And all my coaches, um, Johnny Connor, Coach Boom, uh, Ronnie and Kyle, McRoberts, and all my teammates at Fightopia MMA. All right. Well, thanks again, Chelsea, for coming on the show. I love the personality and energy that you brought to the show. Before I let you go, though, I'd like to end these chats on Forge in Ohio with the OHIO chant. So help me out here. OH. I-O. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I can't wait to see your win on the 26th turn into a winning streak, and hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Awesome. Yes, thank you so much. That was Chelsea Tiny Tank Connor, the second female athlete to join me on Forge in Ohio. She holds a 2-3 and three record in professional MMA, but she's 1-1 one one since returning to the game in June for LFA. Chelsea's an exciting fighter, and how about that energy that she brought to the show? I loved having Jade Sheely on episode 33, and now the second female to come on Forge in Ohio brings that same type of personality. That was a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Forge in Ohio on YouTube. This is week two of the channel, so it would mean a whole lot to me if you support the channel by subscribing and leaving a like on the video. And if you're still on the audio side, don't forget to download the episode wherever you're listening to it. Also, check out the show on social media at Forge in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. I'll talk to you all in a week's time for another episode. Until then, I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and this was Forged in Ohio.